Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Logics. It is Bobby and Tommy. Tommy, what's going on? Uh, we're in between drafts, so we can, uh, you know, analyze some uh, weird stuff we saw in the first draft. And we got time in between rookie drafts because uh, just like other crazy Dynasty owners, like you end up cramming like a couple of drafts in the short window. Just fun. Gets you in the mood, right? It's great, right? No, 100%. And, so now we're and, just going to review what we saw. And- yeah, 100%. Um, you know, this is always my <laughs> this is always my favorite time of the year. You know, we're just through our first, first draft. Um, this, is the, this is the worst beginning of a show I've ever heard. <laughs> well, so make it better, I, Bobby. Go ahead. Well, I, you know, the best part about that is as I, I, I just wanted you to say hello and you went into like a five minute, five minute run on words. And I love it because you're just uh, that yeah. excited about the draft. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I mean, we went no. through the, we went yeah. through the first round. Be. We went through first round, second round, third yep. round. They all yeah. went really quick too. This was probably one of the quickest drafts we've had in quite some time. Did you get the clock on it? Um, it was the it was the fastest draft that we've had. I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't know really what that shows. I mean, maybe you got better owners and they you know pick pretty quick. And it's always one of those funny things where you know we have long clocks, slow draft. You know, just because work and life. But I was going to say, tell us people, about the whole you know, draft. Well, I, how, well, the draft. How you know, do we draft? I, I, I draft. How, how do we draft? Well, the draft we just did is ten teams. You know, two quarterbacks, three running backs, four wide receivers, two tight ends, two D tackles, two D ends, four linebackers, two corners, two safeties. All right. So it's super flex, you know, tight end premium too. So it doesn't have flex position, but, you know, that all still applies. Um, so we just finished one where on average, I think that usually takes about a week, about 70 picks. Um, this was done yesterday i started sunday so what five days yeah so i don't know if that's good or bad like you were saying you know there's it's seven rounds 70 pick full draft obviously uh you do not and i'm gonna say obviously and then completely retract that as quickly as i said it because you could take whoever you want it doesn't limit you know you can take if you want to take seven linebackers this draft and take no other position you obviously could uh, it's probably ill advised, and unless you're unless you're that great of a GM, because we don't have flex spots, so uh, uh, you know our spots are locked in, which I actually like because it doesn't give you that stockpile. If you're stockpiling talent position, you need to be able to move, right? You need to make a trade, which is what I did, right? Me and you made a trade because of my depth, right? Not only not only did you make a make a trade for your depth, so before the draft even started. Because we are a two-quarterback league, it was understood that in the two-quarterback league, Trevor Lawrence is going one overall. You know, Trevor Lawrence could be going – uh, ADP's got him going as, as high as four for regular uh, flex and um, PPR leagues. 
I so, like him at one across every any dynasty league. I like him at one. So does that mean, you know, the next guy you took because of a trade, and we'll go into that trade in just a second. Does that mean that guy? Um, who's the guy you took it to, Tom? Oh, oh, that would be the uh, the greatest tight end prospect that we've seen since Vernon Davis. That'd be Kyle Pitts. Right? I mean, that was a move that you know I traded up to go get a guy having no needs on my roster, right? So that was a move where I looked at my roster and I said, you know what, I can afford to go up and get this guy and you know replace. Uh, I got Ertz and Kittles and Logan Thomas and Knox, so that's probably my one hole that I could use Pitts. And so I traded up, went and got him, and I'm I'm happy with him at two. Right. And and you traded up with me for that pick. So being the owner who had that pick in a vacuum, should I have even given up that pick in the first place? We'll start there. Should I have just taken Pitts right from the get go? Well, well, for reference, you didn't give up the pick, right? I mean, the the, co- the cost was basically I traded two off. You moved oh, down was getting three there. spots, three spots in in three rounds. So the first round you went from you went from you know one you went from two to five, right? So and you did it in it, the second, third. So to put it into perspective, right? Joe Burrow went last year in the first round, and two went right after him just a couple picks later uh, in the first round as well. As a matter of fact, in most drafts we saw him go, you know, Burrow three, um, two or four five. So by moving back just two spots with pits or three, three spots, spots, rather three, three spots, I, I caught myself. Um, so just by going back three spots in a nutshell, I've just drafted Tua and then fields at one five. Yep. And that was great. That was the right move for your team. I didn't need a quarterback. Um, I have four. At the time, I mean, I Brady, Ryan, Herbert, so and I could afford to move Tua, which I did, and it actually worked out in my favor because I actually eventually got a quarterback in this draft too. So that's even funnier. Um, it didn't cost me, but but yeah, you got value. I mean, your team needed a little bit of everything. You could use you could have used anyone. You could you know, Fields, Chase, or Pitts all would have helped your franchise, and by you moving down a couple of spots in a couple of rounds net you a quarterback and still get you a guy like fields. That's, that's the dynasty play trade down. If you get a maniac like me, who's got a championship roster, who's willing to jump up, right? That's the guy you want to find. It only happens, you know, it's all about seeking the best trade partner, right? And in this case, I basically asked you to pry pits away from me and you gave me one of those few offers kind of godfather-esque is a, a, a an offer i couldn't refuse and so it was done yes yeah i mean it was one of those things where i kind of joked about it and it was actually drafted you were actually on the clock when we, we kind of made the deal and we were kind of joking about it like a month ago and then you saw the value and i said you know what i don't need fields and it all kind of worked out. The draft actually worked out for both of us, like I said, because, you know, I ended up sliding, you slid back, and you got fields. I got pits, and then uh, and then I got another value. Because then Wilson fell to me at 2-2. Two, two. 
<laughs> so I replaced two Wilson. It's good value. I, I traded a quarterback, but then I was able to pick up another quarterback, a starting quarterback in the draft. So it's a win-win in value. And that's the fun in, that's the fun in drafts. Like I want to move around and have fun and take my chances. So a, a big move on your behalf, because you were gunning for another quarterback or a potential better position, because one of the uh, one of the conditions of that trade, you know, I won't, I I was jockeying to keep two two, because if I could have doubled down and grabbed another quarterback myself, I thought I was going to be able to get Mac Jones, because my whole goal was to completely reboot my quarterbacks, and I was attempting to walk away with three quarterbacks. <clears throat> that said, um, you know, one of the heavy conditions that you were. It was originally going to be two eight that you were trying to give me, but it ended up being two five. Zach Wilson falls to you at two two, and you you couldn't have you couldn't have landed. You had the option of Jones or Wilson at that point. And tell us why you went with Wilson. Well, I mean, there's there's, there's two parts. First of all, like you predicting a scenario where you could have stayed where you were, and then you know, taking the quarterback or vice versa, you not giving up that two, two, which basically was the same pick swap because you went from two to five. Right. But again, I agree with you. I knew it was something you didn't want to do, but it was like, I was laughing. Like, I'm giving you a quarter. <laughs> and you're right. Like you kind of figured out it was the quarterback spot. And that's why two made sense. Like the only way you were going to make a deal like that is to get a quarterback because you knew you were getting a quarterback in one of those two spots. Right. So, and the reason why I took Wilson, which is hilariously funny, because as people have heard and, and listened to the show, which we must appreciate all the love in the world, um, I I don't love Mac Jones, right? I don't love Mac Jones, and I especially, you know, don't like a guy who, when the Patriots just sit there and say, we're just going to take the guy who falls last. I'm not in love with him. I love the hype from Wilson. I wasn't a fan pre-draft, not a fan after the draft. Does he still get a high bust rate? Absolutely. But for me at 2-2, listen, if, you, if you're in a position where, you know, my roster and your roster are perfect examples of two different kind of spectrums. You're an up-and-coming roster, right? I'm a championship contender with a loaded roster and no holes. I can take a risk on a guy like Wilson who people don't like. And that's the value that I've done for a long time and it's worked is, you know what, when you get aggressive in a draft and you go get for need, unless it's one of those top couple of picks, it, it usually burns you. Like, it burns you. When you can wait and, and take shots on value, I mean, take that last quarterback sometimes pans out. And it, will it hurt me? No. If he if Wilson busts out, I still got pits. So I'm, I'm fine walking away with, you know, at least one guy. Um and I think that was the key in this draft is the draft is if you like guys, guys will fall all around you in certain value and, and you get lucky. And sometimes, you know, you can predict a draft and you can rank guys, but like owners aren't predictable just because everything says this, this guy might like this guy. Right. I mean, I paid for the un unpredictability and rolled the dice. Okay. I mean, that's, that's what, that's what, that's what I want to do. That's back. fun. Listen, listen, before you say anything, right? That's the one thing I have as like a contender. That's the fun you get to have in an off season, right? Because you can at championship roster with no holes, you can just do whatever you want, right? Have a good time, you know. And I get to, you know, give value to people like you to help your roster. Perfect, right? 
there was almost a slight as if that that made it sound as if I became a charity case. I'm I'm messing with it, Tom. But I mean, no, I don't. No. You know what? I, I'm gonna mess with you. You don't really sound happy about this trade. It's like you know, I said that you don't sound happy about this trade. You're like, oh well, his went down. Should I trade it back? Everyone leaves. You, you got two quarterbacks. Like you, you at pick five, you already had two, and then you got Fields. Oh, okay, sure. So, <laughs> I um. So I am, I I'm certainly content with the, with the trade. It was a, I mean, I'm not going to get an. There was no other offer even close to uh, on the table for that. As a matter of fact, I'll I'll even go one step further and tell you that you were the only one that was actually gunning for pits at two. Um, I you know as we were talking. Throughout this process, yeah, because you because you got to be a maniac and have expendable assets to do something crazy like that. Trading up is always the worst thing, unless you're a made franchise, right? You got to find a maniac like me, and you happen to know one. You of do, guys, so I, it, you know, it's it, it's great to have one of those in your league. Um, it's a double edged sword sometimes because you know, um, you know, we've been in the league for years, and quite frankly, you keep winning, so uh, you know. That knowledge I my, is. I have my. Is, mo- I have my moments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that that knowledge base is the whole one of the sole reasons why we started off the uh, the podcast in the first place. But I've learned things over the years, and I think this was one of those times, and where an okie doke like this, where all of a sudden I not only received two quarterbacks, but I still stayed within the top fifteen. That was that was even more critical. So <clears throat> let's go over the first 15 picks. I'm just going to name them, and then we're going to talk about a little bit for, uh, a little bit further. So 1-1, one, one, Trevor Lawrence. 1-2, Kyle Pitts. 1-3, Najee Harris. 1-4, Jamar Chase. 1-5, Justin Fields. Tom, I'm going to stop for a second. 1-5, or at 1-5, is that chalk? No. Is, that how you, is that how you saw yeah. it going? Yeah, I mean that's the chalk top five that I, that that you should take. Uh, I, again, you know Harris goes at three to a you know a, a playoff team, a contender who traded up to go get a starting running back, right? So that's the like that's the right play to go get him, right? Yeah, that's I mean that's pretty much the chalk. I mean you can argue you know Etienne if you like him over Harris, okay, fine, you can you can flex that one out, but um, yeah, that's that's what I had as the chalk, and that five you could walk away and. Be good to go. All right, so we'll go into a little bit more of the meat. So we'll go from one six down to two five right now. Javante Williams at one six, Travis Etienne one seven, Devonte Smith one eight, Jalen Waddle one nine, Trey Lance one ten. Should I stop or should I keep going? I'm going to keep going. Oh, uh, you can keep going. Trey Sermon uh, went at two one. Zach Wilson, 2-2. Two, two. Mac Jones, 2-3. Rashad Bateman, 2-4. And Terrace Marshall, 2-5, 15th overall. Tom, within that 10 spots, did you see value in any of those? Yeah, do me a favor. Read the rest of that second round. Absolutely. So, 2-6, you got Pat Frymouth, uh or Muth. Is it Mouth or Muth? Either way, well, it's Pat. Well, it's just, kind of, well, it's, yeah, it's just Pat. 
it's just bad. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Isabella's uh, uh, new competition, Rondell Moore, who's just going to move Isabella out of the way as quickly as it happened. Uh, Michael Carter at 2-8. Micah Parsons at 2-9. And Elijah Moore, 2-10. So we actually See, just went through 20 picks. And so, and this is funny because the reason why I actually had you read the rest of the, the full round is because I think that's where actually the best value was. A lot of those guys that you talked about, Parsons in a full IDP league can go a little higher than that. And history shows in our leagues usually, you know, two four, two five higher in the second round. So that was a value. Um, we're not a fan of Rondell Moore, but at that price, it's it's stealing with that talent. A, a guy who I've seen, you know, go around. You know, anywhere from pick, you know, nine to 12, 13, 14. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where you want to take guys like that. And especially guys like that we don't like. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, it's that risk reward to me, right? And if I'm going to take a high ceiling guy, it's going to be in the second round. And I don't want to take, and this is, by the way, why I took Wilson. Another reason I took him in the second round right there, because he at least has a high ceiling, low floor, but I already took Pitts. So, Again, that's that's my MO, what I've done, and that's why I tell people, like, you, you want to walk away with a safe guy in the first round. Like, somebody who's a floor. I get it. Other people don't. You want to go high hit rate and go up? Fine. And also, it's been on position. Like, you know, I put myself in a position to be in the top of three straight rounds. So I had, you know, a little more flexibility to do that. But that's where you get guys who drop down a little bit later on. Um, and I thought that's where the value was. I think Carter was a really good value. Um, not because I took him, but at two eight, yeah, absolutely. He's been going higher than that. You know, I mean, you could put him and Sermon in the same kind of tier of that, like next two running backs that come off the board. Um, you know, I think Pat goes right where he's been going right there in the, you know, middle. Pat is right where he should be, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Bateman, Marshall, Pat, right. That like, so I don't think that's like, that's right in the middle. That's that's where you and I were, have been mocking, or just as we've been drawn up our, our tiers alone. That that seemed to be a consensus between you and I, and um, that's not to say who's right or wrong, but it's where it landed all the same. So, uh, you know, I will say between six to uh, six to. 210 so 20 um there are there are guys just kind of littered throughout that ooze potential and then you know just like any any draft year sub subject to bust as well so you know not all these guys are going to pan out but you try to take your best uh take your best assessment and and go from there and for me uh Rashad Bateman was going to be my uh, my pick in the second round, that was the guy I was gunning for. But he ended up going at 2-4. And at 2-5, my consolation prize was Terrace Marshall. And I think that is a very nice consolation prize. Yeah, we, we, we had them both similar. We like both of them pre-draft. I mean, we talked about, the, you know, in the last show that, especially those two receivers, they just, you know, Everyone said they landed in bad spots. And I get it. Like Baltimore, like, is Bateman going to walk into, you know, hard targets? Not this year. But he could. 
I think he's walks in as the most talented you know wide receiver they have. Um, it, and Marshall the same thing. You know, Marshall you know walks into a receiving core, but he could win that job. He could be out Robbie Anderson. Um, so I think their value dropped because of I'm that. Betting. It doesn't change their talent. But yeah, those are just more wait and see kind of guys. And that's the two different versions of what you get in the second round, right? You look at the second round. You get guys like that, whereas you get like a, a Wilson, right, who's going to start. But then you get a Mac Jones who's going to be behind Cam Newton, right? Well, you get like a, a, a Marshall who's behind, you know, Moore and Anderson. Or you take a Rondell Moore who's probably going to walk in and start as a slot guy, right, or whatever they're going to use him as. Um, you from know, everything I'm reading, he's going to be that slot wide receiver, and uh, and that's where they try putting Isabella, and it is just turned uh, turned pretty sour pretty quickly. Um, I think that is absolutely going to be a great landing spot if it actually pans out. Time will tell on that. But with Marshall, I have been betting on Robbie Anderson's demise since he was a Jet. I've had no faith in this guy. Uh, since day one, and apparently I've been wrong this whole time. Uh, but I'm hoping Terrace Marshall actually moves him out of the way. And, it, and you're, it's funny because Anderson gets that knock, and I came around on him. I mean, he was the best value on the board last year. Um, and I, I agree. Like, I don't know if that was because he was the other targets, but I like Anderson. Yeah. And again, you're taking talent. Like, that's what we talk about. Like, we take talent. Like I'm, I'm taking talent in the first round. I'm taking talent in the second round, right? And that's what I think a lot of people did, right? Do I believe that like Wilson is this great talent? No, but he was taking the top five of the NFL draft as a, as a quarterback. Same thing like Mac Jones taking the first round. Like that's talent. Rondell Moore talent. Do we believe in it? I hope the kid pulls through. I hope he survives. Right? Again, second round. That's why I want to take upside, right? That's why I want to take the upside play, right? After you make a move, like you took a guy like Fields, right? Safe guy, Fields, we all feel going to be great, right? And then you go second round, you take Marshall, right? Upside, Barry, perfect, right? Pitts, you know, and then I, I turn around and I take Wilson and Carter. So that was great. I mean, I know top of my head, there was another owner who took Etienne, and he was the one who took Rondell Moore. And I love that. Because he took the safe guy, and then he took the higher, the high reward guy, right? Second pick, perfect, right? That's the scenario. That was a, I it want. was a nice one-two punch. That was a nice one-two punch. Um, I'll tell you one thing right now. One of the things that we were talking during the draft when Fields uh, went at one eleven, um, we knew that he landed on Chicago at that point, right? And what did I tell you about the Chicago Bears? Chicago Bears have had an atrocious track record with putting together a quality quarterback. So I was very concerned about Justin Fields. But I hedged my bet a little bit by by putting in putting in two as well. So uh did I know I was getting it was either Chase of Fields that was going to be going at four or five, and either way, I was going to be happy with that, especially with grabbing a quarterback. So at the end of the day. I am already three picks in Tua, Marshall, and um, Fields, right? I yep. I can't be any happier. Third no. round hasn't even started yet. I'm no. already ecstatic. Right. And and multiple things obviously factor into that, right? I mean, the first thing is that we always preach is know your league, right? Right. I also commission the league. 
So I know a lot in the league and I'm happy to facilitate like, you know, me and you were talking about today and I talked to other people about it. Like, call me. If you're shopping someone, call me. If I don't, if I can't buy them, which I usually buy anyone I want at this depth, um, I'll tell you who is interested. Like, hey, this guy needs a quarterback. Call him up. Like, you know, circle around. And to put to put it in perspective about, you know, the draft and knowing your league is that we knew you know, that Fields wasn't going to go to, like, the owner of three, four, five. Like, we knew that. So we could gauge where I wanted to be. Um, I know from my perspective, this is why when we did the trade, I was like, no, I need to be up in this spot because I can gauge kind of what these owners need. And that's going to vary. Like, you know, people, you asked me before the draft, and people asked me, what would you take? I said, if I needed a quarterback, I was taking Fields. If I had zero needs, I would take Pitts. If I was in between, I would trade down. That's what I would have did. But, you know, that's league variance of, of where those, you know, kind of top five kind of go. Um, and even like Lance Wilson, like, you know, they could have went higher. And, and most super flex and two quarterback leagues, they go a little bit higher. Um, but I get the risk. And I don't mind you, you know, getting, you know, passing on a guy you have a question about. And, again, I we say it all the time. These are your guys, right? you got a question you're concerned about the guy trade out or, you know, do something, take someone else. Like, even if he's, you know, slated for a second round, like take that safe guy that you like. Right. And, and I oh. think that's what you can get in this draft. You can get both. There's a lot of like high ceiling, but a lot of good floors you can possibly get. I, I agree. I think when we were going in pre-draft, you know, this was actually where the rubber was beating the road, and that was the most exciting part about this draft to me. For all the buildup that that got you to that point of doing your research, trying to figure out, you know, because at that point in time, you're just basing it off of talent. You have no idea where these guys have landed, and you know the guys that you think will do well, and then you already know or have an idea as to who's not going to do well. Will you be off? Probably. Are you going to be fantastic with every one of them? No. But at least you've already done your research up front. Now we're at the point we're in the middle of the draft and three three fucking plays in, haven't even hit the third round, and I'm dancing at this point. I have reset my, my roster. Um, and for those of you listening, a couple of years ago, I was in the championship. Lost by a couple points and said, I'm going to reset this roster completely. Uh, I traded away Julio Jones, Stefan Diggs, Drew Brees. Good, tr- good trade. Philip Rivers. Yeah, clean house. Good you place. just cleaned house. Clean house, just, reset it. And, and I am starting with a brand new bag at this point. So and it's pretty me- freaking great. So let me ask you, that's funny because I was going to ask you this question because, you know, this was like the first time that you really did hardcore pre-draft research, you know, kind of put guys in tears and really like dug into that talent as deep as I have, you know, for many years and then walked into a rookie draft, right? And you answered the question I was going to ask you, like how, how much easier was it? Like how much more fun was it for you? Like, and now you see like, even before I made the trade with you, which is only three spots, a couple of rounds. I was already in really, really nice spots where I thought I could get talent in the draft. And I can't, it was funny because I had people go, wow, you have these picks and these spots. I said, I'm guesstimating. I'm guesstimating from a year ago what round I want to be in spots. That all depends on, you know, your draft board 
and again, like this is something that you've learned and you did this year, right? You shorten your draft board, right? And I have guys, hundred guys on the draft board, and and this is something that I've done for a long time. You know, we have seventy picks in this draft, and I usually only have say like a thirty man board, something around that number. And people always thought I was crazy, and I do it for the fact that I don't need the guys I don't like on my board. I don't really need them there, like. And again, if I don't like the guy and he's sometimes sitting on your board, I don't even want to like pretend accidentally click the guy or or take him because he's at a value and then you get burned because you're like, I took him because it was a value. And I don't really like uh, again, there's there's certain perspective of that. Like guys we don't like if they're a you know full round afterwards. Like we don't we didn't love Rondell more, right? Still don't. I didn't love Rondell Moore in the first round. That's atrocious. In the second round, the bottom of the second round, I love that pick. Right? So that's what I'm a round later, absolutely, that, that's a different scenario, right? So was that easier too? Were you shortened your window, what you were looking for, instead of looking for everyone in the draft on a board going, all right, here's the 30 guys that I want out of. Here's what I got. Well, here's where the clarity really kicked in, right? So I didn't even – care i mean i did but there was a sense within the rounds that i was just happy with the guys that i knew i wanted and was going to be patient as they were getting closer to potentially landing on a roster there wasn't a point in in time in which i jumped back into the draft until the seventh round after all of my draft picks were done you're 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 right you were worried about the process. You definitely were worried, you know, because you would be like, oh, I'm just gonna oh 100%. Fall. I'm like, and again, this is something I've done for 15 plus years. So I, I play that game and I did in this draft. Like people, did, there wasn't as many trades during this draft as they usually are. And again, you know, I'm a guy who's one of the more active guys and I'm the guy who's going to trade a lot of picks around. And I think I had 10 picks in seven rounds. So, but I ended up pre draft already put in a position. And I stayed and I stayed patient and value fell, like you said. And like, that's the trick is like, hopefully it falls. You got to get lucky too, obviously. It's lucky. You just, you're rolling the dice with luck, hoping the guy falls. But don't get me wrong. If you love a guy, go get him. Like, that's a different story. You love the guy, go get him. And I think that was the beauty of it. And that, that love a guy, go get him really started to turn its head probably into the third round, right? So third round, 3-1. Pick 21 overall, Kadarius Tony. Pick 22, 3-2, Jermaine Davis. That was, my then, that was my go-get. That was guy. your guy. That was my guy, right? With three picks in this round, I did what you said. I said, okay, here's the guys I had. I had, I had five guys on my board in this round. Right? And I said, okay, I can get probably this. I go, you know what? I'm going to make sure I want Davis. Right? I got him as my IDP one. Um, and that's fine if you have Parsons. He's two. I'm, I'm taking him there. Um, so he, I want you and I, I said one A, one B. Yep, perfect. On. Right. So, yep. So he went, he went at pick 32, right? And then 33 went. 33. So, who was Larry Bird? <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you trying to tell me pick 20, 23, 24 overall? Or sure. Whatever, okay. what, what was that third All pick? All right. So the third pick was Amin Ra St. Brown. Oh wait, I took him too. That's right. Yes, I you did. did. I did. Yes, you and, did. And 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 before our draft, I said I didn't love him and where he was going, which is the top twenty, 
I didn't love him in the top 20, right? I didn't, I didn't like him there at all. I loved him in the third round. Where did he fall right to my lap? Third round, I was like. He fell in your lap. It was perfect. But that's where I think he is. Like, I think the patience you can, I, I don't think now anymore. I think that one got lucky. I don't, I don't think he is. I think my other guy got He'll probably creep up into the, yeah. he'll probably I, creep up into the second I, round. I mean, it was the top of the third. So it's mm-hmm. in, in a 12 team, third, you know, 14 team league, he's still second round. I don't love the top 20 value, top 30 value. If you can get him that, you know, that 20, 23 to somewhere in that range, great. It's value. And that honestly, that's what I was looking for. You know, that's why I built my rosters is I'm trying to get the most value I can get out of a guy. And obviously he's a guy that we didn't love. Um, you know, he flashes a receiver. But again, you have to you have to understand and, and weigh the factors of he walks into targets. Right? It's just Bashad Perryman, Hawkinson there. And we talk about all the time. I don't love drafting guys I don't love and walking into starting jobs, but I do in the third round. Right? That's the switchover for me is now third round. Like now I'll take guys like this because I feel I have two safe guys coming out of one and two. Maybe I can hit another starter in three with the situation. Mm-hmm. Back, right? Are we- we were definitely talking about chasing chasing the position, right? And uh, and picking your spot if you were to chase a position or chase a chase a landing spot, right? And and to that end, um, at three three twenty third overall, St. Brown is a great pick in that block of guys, right? Tooney is the type of a guy that he doesn't walk into a spot nearly as quickly as St. Brown does. Uh, they both could. I mean, we don't love Tooney, but he's, yeah, he's the same value, right? These guys in the third round, this is where I love the, like I said, this is where I want to take high risk, right? For me, this is how I, I want, this is where I'm taking high risk. Right now I'm third, right? I, you know, I've had two solid picks, one, two, and even if I didn't, I'm like, okay, you got one solid pick. I mean, listen, if I take Lawrence and then I just roll the dice on every single pick, I got one starter. I'm happy with my draft. You want to have fun. Oh, That's the thing. If you're not 100%. having fun, let's have fun. Let's move around. Or guesstimate. I mean, I had more fun staying and, like, not trading up and go see what falls. Let me see what falls me in that third round. I had three third-round picks, right? And everyone was asking me for these picks. And I said, I'm going to stay here. And I was like, you're not going to – nope. I'm going to see what happens. and Which is the exact opposite of what you'd normally do. Yes. And that was because you've already seen it through two rounds. Guys were sliding where in your pre-draft research, you thought you had them graded a little bit higher. And all of a sudden, you're having these guys fall. So one of two things is happening. Are they falling because your assessment is off? Or are they falling because other people like other players more? And only time will tell on that. But there's a third. Um, there's a third part that I like better. Yeah, there's always a third part. A third if part. I have two, there's three. If there's three, there's four. I'm about sixty percent there or eighty percent right there. there. Right, right I'm there. always almost there. Right there. So tell me what I missed. So what you miss and what the factor is in a draft that when people talk about draft strategies and. Yeah, they're all different, right? The leagues are different, right? Um, you know, the biggest thing you can do in a draft is be super flexible, right? It'd be changed on the fly, right? The other thing that people don't factor in that you have to, some people actually do, is is position runs, right? And how you change a draft. Like we talked about, like there's certain people 
Um, I mean, I joked about it to a couple of guys in the league. I said, if I move around the draft, does that change everyone's board? And everyone goes, yeah. I said, if Bobby does, does that change everyone's board? And everyone goes, no. I was like, well, that's kind of scary and weird. But draft runs, right? So the value difference is you saw the last two quarterbacks go at the top of the second, right? And then you saw that next tier of all the wide receivers come off the board. Then what came off the board next? Parsons, right? Two picks later, I take Davis. Now I already know by taking Davis, who's not only my guy and I wanted to take, but I now I'm going to start the linebacker run because mm-hmm. now it's automatically going to happen. So what's going to happen now is everyone's going to look linebacker, right? That's how I can kind of guesstimate and predict. And you get lucky. Like, you know, one or two guys can change that, you know, but that run left those, you know, left, you know, I had back back picks, so I, I was taking Ra either way, but this is more for the next guy I took late in the third round because what was the rest of the round? So Rob went to the third. Yeah, let, of- let, let's keep going through that real quick. Kadarius Tony at 3-1, 3-2, Jermaine Davis, 3-3, three, three, Amon Ra, St. Brown, the mummy Detroit wide returns. receiver, 3-4, uh, pick 24 overall, Savian Collins, linebacker, Arizona. And we've already talked about him, and I'm going to keep going with it, but I love Collins. But the next column goes off the board right after that. Wide receiver Houston, Nick hey, Bolton. Nico. <laughs> Nick Bolton at 3-6. Oh, the first three, linebacker. Ooh. 3-7, <laughs> Jeremiah Owuso Koromora out of Cleveland. Owuso. <laughs> Kenny Gainwell, 3-8. Uh, Deami St. Uh, Brown. Nope, just Deami Brown. And Amari Rogers at three ten. So, so right you, now you see the bigger picture of what I just showed you, right? So that went, you know, with Davis going after Parsons. Right? I went wide receiver, then I went linebacker, linebacker. I took Nico Collins, linebacker, wide receiver, wide receiver. Sorry, running back. Right? You got one running back, right? Now the only reason that you get Gainwell in that round. Because of the fact that I took the linebacker and the wide receiver up top, and I produce scarcity in those two positions now. Because now I'm taking the third-tier wide receivers, the number two linebackers coming off the board. So now running back has to be pushed back on most people's boards. Where you, on the other hand, laugh because I'm like, oh, nope. I got Again, you had two picks there, right? You didn't like they were down there, but the two picks did the same thing, right? That's that's that third round. The third round in a, in a, in a draft is that swing draft most of the time where you can see that, especially in a rookie draft. Um, and that's that's the round where runs will affect it. Right? That's the round. I mean, it put in the opposite. If there were five really good tight ends in this draft and like Pat went and then another one went like you would have saw like you'll see it. I mean, track it and look in drafts like it happens later. Or you'll see the guys come off. But so that could the 2021 NFL draft. Right. How I many mean, corners it, and secondary positions yeah. went between the rounds three and four? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's usually after the second round. It's usually that next year. Like that's when, you know, run variants will sometimes happen. Like was the huge running back depth in this class? No, we don't think so. So that, you know, has to put it in perspective. And again, a drop off. Did I think there was a third round tight end worthy of taking? No. So well, you want to talk runs, Tommy? You wanna you wanna talk about the fourth round? Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. So four one Dwayne Askridge, four two 
Davis Mills. 4-3, Kyle Trask. 4-4, Kellen Mond. 4-5, Chubba Hubbard. 4-6, Ramondre Stevenson. 4-7, Ernest Jones. 4-8, Josh Palmer. 4-9, Des Patrick. And 4-10, Christian Barmore. So uh, we we do have our first uh, defensive lineman in there. You have wide receivers to basically book in that. And in the middle, you have quarterbacks and running backs. And you have these, uh, the, the sole linebacker in Ernest Jones in that round. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, that – that fourth round and the fourth rounds I've seen and I've done, that seems to be that kind of range because it, this is a deep wide receiver class and a lot of them didn't win in great spots. So there's a bunch of like scattered out talent, like you saw in the second, you know, third round, you know, in those late, you know, late 20 picks where, you know, Adiko Collins and, and Amon Ra who walk in to start in jobs, like they weren't as highly rated in like the top 10 receivers, but they bumped up because of that situation. And then afterwards, you know, you had people looking, okay, I got to take a wide receiver. I didn't take one. Okay. That means I got to pass on a linebacker. Okay. And again, Chubba Hewitt, we didn't love. I love that price. And why does Chubba Hewitt go there? Why is he still sitting there? Because people are like, oh, well, there was a bunch of wide receivers, but they went on a run. Well, I got to take one. And like, oh, well, these linebackers come up the road. I got to take one. Right. Uh, again, it, you know, in quarterbacks, like we talked about, I mean, I drafted, had 10 quarterbacks drafted. That's a new record in our league, believe it or not. Um, so I think you saw that where, you know, the first couple of quarterbacks went and then guys who didn't get them, um, or maniacs like me and you, or were just like, all right, I'll just going to take quarterbacks. Like, I'm, you know, and I, trust me, I, I was mad at anyone and, uh, you know, I didn't get Trask. And that was the hardest thing in the whole draft for me, by the way, was knowing that Trask was going to come off the board right there. And I, so why didn't, didn't you jump up? Because it wasn't worth the price, and I already had Wilson. And again, and I, I love a guy, and it's not worth the price. It's not worth the price. At five one, what happens? Well, at five one, I'd have to make a different scenario because I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be able to take, you know, Sammy Slinger right there. So that was that's Man. a sol- That was that was the solace. If I didn't get Trask, I'm gonna get Slinger which in chain reaction means that you get the next quarterback. So 5-1, 5-2s, uh, Javian Hawkins running back Atlanta, 5-3, Jaylene Phillips, Miami D end, uh, second D lineman uh, now off the board, 2-2 two, two Atwell, 5-4, wide receiver, Rams. Um, you get a song for this guy. Uh, I believe his name is Larry Round here. Larry Round here. Larry Roundtree. (laughs) Uh, Running back. And then my buddy Wallace at 5'6". Just a couple spots in front of me. Uh, uh, I think he's going to be fantastic. You got Seth Williams um, at 5'7". Ian Book at 5'8". The very last quarterback that you could possibly draft at this point took the tenth. By the way, you 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 mentioning books in the way you just did, like you're trying to like hide your love for the guy. You're like, oh well, he's the last quarterback available. 
Like, I told you this. I know you like books, and I like I like Sammy Slinger, right? And I told you, go get I, your I, guy. I, I said, I said, listen, I'm going to go get Slinger right here. All right, and I was about five picks in front of you. I said, go get books. Go get them. Get book now. Right, get them now. Like you want them, you like them. You're like, yep. I'm like, let's go get the fun guy. Like, and I laughed because I looked at in like league history and like, even when I take a, a good high quarterback, usually like I took Wilson the second. I'll still try to take a late round quarterback with some sort of value. You never know. Like you, that happens a lot in drafts where you get weird guys. And, and and I think they're all in good spots. We agree. I think, you know, books in a good spot, you know, Allinger's oh, in a good spot. Sammy Slinger there slinging. If I recall, Dak Prescott got drafted a couple of years ago in like the fifth or sixth round. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, guys like Russell Wilson, because he was behind uh, whatever the guy's name they paid in the offseason there, that clown from Oakland. Um, and Carr, like there's been guys who've been drafted behind people. We, we've seen that, and it's, I mean, it's worth a shot. I mean, yeah, that's a two quarterback league, super flex leagues. Like, I'd rather take I'd rather take a quarterback that I could potentially build and maybe shows me something than you know taking a back end guy. But that depends how you draft one. Like, you know, if you have that flexibility and you see that, you know, that's that's fine. But at this point in the draft, like. You know, if you already had, you know, a, a, a wide, you know, two wide receivers, you already took a running back. Maybe you want to diversify. I tell people, like I said, if you're thinking about some weird backup running back or some fourth wide receiver, but there's a quarterback there, I'm taking the quarterback. <laughs> like I'm taking the higher hit rate. Like the quarterback's going to pay off. He's the biggest value I can get out of this pick. He's the most I can ever make, and that's how I look at a lot of things. Is assets like. All right, talk about ceiling. Like the quarterback position is the highest ceiling I could ever trade away. All right, so you get lucky. You flash in the pan, you know. Brock Osweiler, good for six games. Flip him, terrible. Feel awful about trading, but it happens. It does yeah. happen from time to time. And uh, and I'd be lying to you if I didn't think that Tommy Tremble had uh, an ounce of uh, upside to him because I am – I think him landing in uh, New Orleans is probably the best potential landing spot you mean he could have gone. I mean, Tommy Tremble landed in a really good spot too, and we know you love Tommy Tremble. But book, I was totally in looking Orleans. at him. Did I just say? I, I, oh, yeah, Jesus no, Christ. no, no. You know the best this part is about what that. <laughs> the best part about that is, is is you're right because tell me. Like when you went and took Tommy Tremble, right? Was that very similar to where you taking books? You took your guy who landed in a good spot, right? Guy you talked about. I took about him at six two after. Okay, exactly. I took right? him at six two. So not only was I pumped that I took Tommy Tremble because yep. he was my guy, this was my I'm going to get my guy section of the draft. And that's a little what, earlier on, I was taking my value. I was taking good picks. And now I'm later into the draft. I'm comfortable with what I've done. Now I'm just going to get the projects that I really want to focus on. And to your point, Tom, Ian Book not only went to the Saints, but he's now the quarterback who's going to be working with Sean Payton, who worked with a, I'm not, by no stretch of the imagination, might even trying to pump his tires that he could be Drew Brees-esque. Not even close. But size and delivery, I think Sean Payton can work with a smaller quarterback who's mobile, who's athletic, 
Does he make all the best throws? No. Has he shit his pants in the, you know, um, in the, the, the toughest of games? He has. I think some of this can be coached out, though. And with him landing with Sean Payton, I think it's a great spot. And then I'm going to stick with Notre Dame because at 6-2, I take my buddy Tommy Tremble, who landed in that an even better spot in Carolina, which to bookend, I also had Ian Thomas. Right? Yes. So Right. So you, you hit on both those guys. And to go back on your quarterback with books, like I think it, for me, right, what I saw in a guy like Book and, you know, my boy slinging Sammy Ellinger, right, is not only do we like him pre-draft, right, and we agree like their projects, but they're on ambiguous teams at that position, right? Wilson, you got so you got Winston, right, and you got you got you got Hill, right? That that could be a mess, right? Books could beat him out realistically, right? Right, Sammy, he looks like he's going to be behind Wentz. Well, we've seen Wentz's injury history. Okay, well, he could play. Like, never against injured, does he? No, but but those are the guys that, you know, especially that's why I tell people I'd rather take, you know, one of these flyer quarterbacks than take, you know, uh, some of these lesser talented in like, in, like, better spots because, and especially they're usually in ambiguous teams who have question marks. Like, look at it last year, like Gardner Menchu, like two years ago, I, I had I, I took it in a draft, a couple people did. Like, you took him late, like, because he was, like, a weird guy and, like, okay, you know, funny and, but he landed on a spot where, like, it folds. Like, there wasn't really anything great in front of him. Like, okay, that's where I'm taking the stab on the guy, you know. And, you know, we like the talent, the upside. And, you know, yeah, they landed in good spots just like a bonus. So why not take him, right? And your boy, Tommy Tremble, like, the same way. Like, you know, he walks into a spot where, you know, a, a guy like, uh, you know, Ian Thomas, who, I liked, and obviously, I, I honestly, I think I'm wrong about him. I hate to say it, but I just, I just don't see it. Um, you know, he walks in that spot at least to block. I mean, he's definitely going to play and start. So, you know, in that offense, if Donald can do anything with, like, with that team, I mean, just think about how good that team could be. I mean, if Tremble can, like, Tremble blocks, I think better than Thomas does. Or he's going to block down. You got T.J. Moore, Robbie Anderson. You bring in Bateman, right? They've signed your boy Moore. Right. Oh, a guy named McCaffrey comes back too. They got that guy too. I mean, yeah, I know your quarterback is a question mark, but no Bateman Wallace. No. Oh, sorry, same Wallace. guy. I'm sorry, same Wallace. guy, only different. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I I agree with you 100. percent well, McCaffrey's there. Uh, Carolina is. Wait, it was Marshall. Scary Poten. It was Marshall. You get in that three quarter. Right? It was Marshall who went there. Not Wallace. It's okay. I got you. Well, we, liked, both of, we, we liked all. Well, of them. no, I, I, I said, I said Wallace accidentally. You said Bateman accidentally. That's true. And you finally got it right with Marshall. So well, got Marshall, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Jesus, oh man! So uh, lots of names, lots of days. I get it, get it confused sometimes. But, no, it, it shows. Uh, no, you know what it shows you? It shows you the love of the guys because, like those three guys, like that you, you know, that me and you kept like you know flip flopping back and forth. Those were the guys that we really liked. Like we liked Talon Wallace. We would just have you know really mad. He like walked into the fourth wide receiver spot there. It's like a third, right? And we liked Bateman, and we liked Marshall. Right? So we and we agreed. Like we thought those three guys were the second round targets. 
that mm-hmm. we had that we had pre-draft, right? After the draft, we had two a second round targets. Still, we still had two of them while it was just down. So yeah, that's the reason why, you know. I mean so we can kind of throw the I have we started the sixth round? I did with uh Tremble. Who is who is fun? Who sticks out to you? I have to do the whole two late last or late round. I, I was gonna say there there are some there were some uh, nice landing spots. Uh, Brevin Jordan uh, at six four. That's a great yeah. value. That's a great That's, value. I would agree. Um, so, talk to me, Tom. What do you know about Jared Dokes? The kid that went to Miami. Oh, oh, that's a great pick, too, right there. Um, I unfortunately didn't have a pick in this round because you can only have so many picks in so many rounds. You don't need this many rookies. But um, he's the guy I liked, and that's a great value for him right there. Um, and this is why, you know, the things that I do in the draft and that you started doing the drafts about taking, you know, the quarterbacks there a little bit later. But then you can take these, these, these running backs, right? You can take these weird running backs. Uh, instead of paying up for some of the you know bigger names of backup running backs, like I can take a cheaper version of backup running backs, right? And I think this kid, he's like two twenty five, like he's like a fullback. Um, and on that team, listen, any running back, and we talk about it all the time, and it's something I preach. I want any rookie in any ambiguous situation, right? Right? Uh, people love Miles Gaskins, and that's great. He could be good. I don't believe it. And I want the guys behind him. Like we've seen him, he's went down and like they start signing guys on the couch. Like, so I want anyone in that backfield, right? I want, and especially a guy who's big. I mean, didn't they bring in Jordan Howard? Like, oh God, I'm like, if this kid just gets goal line, yeah, that's why I love guys like this right now. This they is where you take in, all those uh, running backs. Love it. What are they bringing uh, Brown as well, I believe? Yeah. From, uh, from, from the Rams. Yeah. But exactly. So to, to your point, Tom, right? Gaskins was a guy that I drafted a couple of years ago in one of these ambiguous six round spots. Yep. I ended up trading them, dropping them and keeping them on different rosters. So am I rooting for the kid? Maybe. Yeah. But you got three times the value what you paid for the guy already because you took him late. And this is where like, you know, I, you know, this is where a spot where, especially in this draft where there wasn't like, you know, a huge, you know, running back core, you know, there was kind of like a drop off after the first couple. And then there's like, you know, Stevenson Carter. Um, and then there's a couple sprinkled in, but I thought there was a lot of back end talent that you could take a bunch of shots on, right? The guys who landed in spots who were going to be th- at least third backs. Right. And I want every third round. I want every third running back I can get on a roster because they'll go down. They all go down. Like They all go down. Right. Done, so just uh, double, double down, take two, Guys, you like later who you know could be the and third, that's the probably third why you took and this is probably why you took this guy at seven two. It's not like we haven't mentioned him a couple times on this podcast. Who was oh, that guy at well, seven I, two? I, I mean, well, I got I got a text before I even took him. I mean, everyone in the world knew I was taking him at this point. Last last round, it's funny because I got an offer for these picks and I wouldn't move them. I'm like, no, I'm like, no, because this was the pick where I was taking Jake Funk, running back, Rams. I, he walks into that third role. Right? I think he walks in as a third running back, right? Love him. Loved him pre-draft. Loved him after draft. Loved the talent. Been preaching him. And again, can I be dead wrong and be a bust? Absolutely. I mean, I'm rooting for the guy. And it, it's a great story. Great kid. 
but I'm paying a seventh round for a third back, right? And I don't believe in Henderson. Could I be wrong? Absolutely, right? And again, I'm not saying he's stealing the job from Bakers. If somebody goes down, somebody's going to run the ball. You know, and that, that those are the guys I want. Those are the guys that I, has helped me win games later in the season. The guy in the taxi squad who, like, you laughed at, and then the owner's like, I was looking for this guy, and you had him? Like, I drafted him. Like, I drafted him in the seventh round. Like, I picked him up. And he's just been sitting there, and I play him for one week. And he gets, you know, he gets a bunch of carries and a, and a touchdown and it helps you win a game. Like, because those are instant plays. Like, you can find out. I mean, the guys you take later in your draft in the last couple of rounds, like, those are guys that I want to kind of be expendable. I either want huge upside with, like, you know, quarterback, you know, who's either going to be a starter or be out of the league, or a running back. Because the running back, I can tell within the first year, right? I don't have to worry about the running back rolling over on my roster next year. Like, if he doesn't get any carries, if he's not seeing any snaps, then I'm like, okay, well, they don't believe him. You know, like, the way running backs get produced. So, yeah, that's why. And I love Funk. So, I was taking Funk and, like, Right, and I, and I got funky with it, and I got every funny text, um, even the even the comments. It actually took me a while to make the pick. I was like, "Oh, what am I putting?" Because I put in comments, and my comments were, "I got the funk." Yep, I got the funk. Sing it. I got the funk. Yep, mm-hmm. I got the funk. And that's the other reason I take the guy, just so I can do that. I can rock out. I can preach my guy. You know. Plus, I, you know what? I do what I say. I do exactly what I tell people I do. I do the advice I tell people. Taking a guy like Funk, take him in the last round of your draft. What am I not going to do it? Are you out of your mind? No way. Take him. I wish I had more picks because there's more guys I like here. But, you know, well, I, stuck, I, I, I did stick to the philosophy about doubling down here. Well, so at this point in, in the draft, I have now hit my draft threshold. Because I only I had in a seven round seven round draft, you your bank is seven picks. Well, through trading, you your can bank. you can grab your, more. Your, your bank, I, my, my bank's never been seven. That's... But no, in, in in the beginning of twenty twenty two, or the beginning of twenty twenty one, your twenty twenty two bank was seven. It still is right now, but the twenty twenty one. Trading season has barely started, so yeah, I'm sl- I'm slipping uh, then. I'm slipping then. So while you were uh, while you were singing, I got the funk. I was cruising in my Chevy LeBaron, right? I got Baron Browning right after you because I just jumped in BB with a trade. Got my buddy BB. Talent, talent, and ambiguous linebacking core. Perfect. It was a it was a deal that. That didn't really hurt anybody. Um, the owner who got the got a pick in the sixth next year, I got a seventh, and I got Browning this year. So uh, hurt nobody. Uh, potentially helps me long term. Gets me a second linebacker at the end of the draft at seven eight. There's one more guy that is still sitting there. Also seven four, Richie Grant. I took uh, Browning over Grant, and you know how much I like Grant. So that was the uh, only safety we talked about, right? The only safety. The only liked. safety. And walking to a starting job. I love that Grant pick. That's that's stealing right there. 
Oh, it, it is. It was one of my it was one of my favorite picks of the seventh round, uh, and then you close it out at at seven eight with with another with another one. Who did you take? Double down, right? I, I, I'm. I look at the board and I said, all right, well, there's a bunch of guys I've preached I like, right? And I I really wanted to take Jalen Camp. I really wanted to take, you know, uh, Baker. I want to take Juan Baker. I really want to take these two guys. But then I look at the board and I kept looking. I go, why is this guy here? Right? Ambiguous backfield walks into probably the third. I think he walks into the third job, right? And that's Kalen Hill, right? Oh, I'm climbing the hill. Right? Walks into Green Bay. And I think he gets that third job. And honestly, I think he's better than Dylan. I'm not a Dylan truther. I don't love Dylan. I think he's better than Dylan. And again, I want a third back on a team like that. I want the third running back. I want the chance for that rookie to be that third running back if injuries go down because we've seen what Green Bay does when the running backs get the ball. If Aaron Rodgers is the same team. Actually, I don't even care. If it's a bad team, I still want the third running back. Like they got to run the ball. The, the, right? Football still needs to be played, and the ball's going to most likely be run. And we love the talent much more. We love the talent, right? We do. Mm-hmm. So we like the draft now done at this point, right? So uh, the, the here's our totals: quarterbacks, highest I've ever seen it because we broke a record. Ten. Ten. All of them. All that were drafted. Nice. <laughs> 19 running backs, 23 yeah. wide receivers, Average. seven tight ends, yeah. one D tackle, one D end, seven linebackers, one corner, one safety. Defense was low. But again, that I, I you know that goes back to this class. Like I think you look at this class and you can see those numbers. Like that running back number is usually a little bit higher. It's probably why the quarterback number drops down, maybe two more spots. Um, you know. Wide receiver was deep, but there was question marks. Uh, even the tight ends, like that was, like we said, it kind of got trickled down. Like one went in almost every round and kind of trickled down the back end and a bunch went. Um, so, I mean, you can see the, the IDP side, which we love. I mean, and that's why, you know, I went in this draft and I said, uh, I'm getting Davis. Like he was my guy I was going to get. And then uh, I ended up in a position where I could get Ernest Jones and I got excited. I was like, oh, this is great. And again, I think, you know, that had to do with pre-draft. I think a lot of people saw like Ernest Jones jump up on boards, but didn't like him pre-draft. We didn't love him pre-draft. I don't even think we really had him on a board, but he jumped in a, a basically a position of ambiguity. Like they've been looking for this... him inside a linebacker for years. So you take a guy like that in the fourth round and the fifth round, that's where you take an ambiguity. Like I'm looking at teams depth charts and I'm like, okay, so does this kid have a chance to like play because there's like a bunch of like decent people. Absolutely. That's all the guys I want. So we're going to, I'm going to give you just one more stat on this draft class. Uh, 59 offensive players, 11 IDP. And I think to your point, Tom, you know, IDP could have been up a little bit more. That's a league. That's a league low. IDP could have been a little bit higher, but it also goes to show that on the offensive side, there are plenty of battles to be won. And there was enough to sway to make people want to buy more offensive talent. But the people that got the IDPs ended up uh, collecting some good quality. So, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I ended up, I ended up with two linebackers and two quarterbacks. <laughs> it's a classic me draft. That's a classic. That's a classic draft. I like, I, like, I think the linebackers are safer and, you know, it's IDP. It's fun. And again, that shows you that the defensive line in this, in this draft class wasn't great. 
Like, I don't think there was no really guy who was going to be a game changer for it. And you can get him afterwards. Like, you know, the hardest decision in your last round you're going to make is who's the first free agent that you want to draft? Because that's what you're taking, right? Because the next guys that you'd like on your board, you're going to have to try to pick up after your draft, right? That's where the fun free for all. Uh, you know, I, you know, in my leagues, I run first come first serve, which just means when I tell you that waivers opens at nine, at nine, you better click and add guys at a rapid rate, right? And that's the fairest way I found to do it. And that way everyone gets in a frenzy and you can't get all the guys at once because you only, you know, so it, it's great. I mean, we're all, you know, predicting rookies late, but that's the fun, right? And that's the fun. And that's why, you know, I, you know, we preach kind of what we do. Um, and I always give people advice and do things that I do myself. And that's why I like when I tell people, I'm like, Hey, double down in spots, right? I double down in two positions, right? Three positions. Cause I took three running backs too. Um, and then later on in the draft, take two running backs, right? Take, you know, look at depth charts, find third running backs on teams at a, at a dart throw. Like, what does it hurt? Instead of taking, you know, there was tight ends I liked, but I was like, eh, I don't love them as much. And there's no instant impact. If you're looking for cheap, instant impact like that's where you can get it with those running backs later on so uh i'm gonna give you just a quick breakdown um to summarize your draft so it was pitts wilson carter jermaine davis mont st brown nico collins ernest jones sam mellinger jake funk kylan hill a total of 10 picks in a Seven round draft. I love every a lot one of, of those picks. picks. I know, and I love what I love all those, I love all those players. It's funny because I get that a lot. Where people are like, uh, oh, you can't take all these guys. I can take all. I mean, we have forty five man rosters, seven man taxi squad. You know, I had no problem. I'll stash guys, and and again, you know, me doing that. I know that Pitts is going to be on my active roster, right? Carter's going to be on my active roster, right? Wilson's not going to be, but. Davis is going to be those three or four of these guys. I mean, I could probably start the first five, six guys I, I drafted. Right. So that gives me a variance of how many guys I have a projects and how many guys I don't. Um, and, the, and the upside play. So, you know, and all in all, it was one of those drafts where I had a blast. I mean, I loved the draft and I thought this was one where I kind of saw how it might play out in my favor. And it did. And like, that's, that's, that could either be really good or really bad we'll see how these guys all pan out and guesstimate. But for me, it was one of those things where I didn't have to move a lot because I kind of put myself in a position pre-draft to, you know, be able to get value and stuff falls. You get lucky and you see stuff. And again, like it's one of those things you learn with a, on the fly of changing your draft strategy, right? Seeing a run and going, all right, I'm going to go here. Right. I, I had no plan to take two receivers there, you know, but I saw what happened. I took the linebacker. And that's why I took Davis to start the run of clearing out. I said, all right, let me take these two tier wide receivers because I don't want to be at the bottom of a tier. Um, I will, I'll change that, right? If you call it, it, call it, we'll call it six tier, right? I don't want to be the, I don't want to be at the fourth tier, right? Not in the third, fourth round, right? I'll be at the sixth tier in the seventh round. I'll be on that bottom tier all day long, but I don't really want to go that far down. Um, and not one in a said, different class, you can not a different position. You can go that just that much higher. Yeah. You know what, you know what else you can do? You can have fun. Cause I had, I had a blast doing shit like that. And that's, that's one of the things you can do in a draft, believe it or not. I mean, I joked about me moving around the board changes the draft. I mean, actually it actually does, but you can change a draft 
Like if you start a run on a short position, absolutely in this draft, like that changes it, you know, what people are going to do. You know, you, you didn't have this draft is tougher to do. I think the linebackers were the one, the linebackers and the quarterbacks were the two that will project that run. And then we saw it because I think there's a lot of wide receivers. Um, you can, you can, you know, manipulate tiers a little bit uh, by taking a guy, you know, a couple owners. If you know your league, if you know two guys behind you need wide receiver and you could wait or you could just fucking take one and just see how that changes the draft and might fall a guy to you. You know, that's fun kind of have, like you can do a lot of things that you just laugh at. And, and honestly, like that's little stuff you can get instant satisfaction on. Like we talk about like, you know, hitting on a late round guy. Right. And it's great. I tell you, that's a great feeling, right? Second to winning in dynasty is when you hit on a guy everyone was wrong about, but the instant gratification of that is like predicting, like, I'm going to stay here. Cause I, I think these two guys are going to fall and then they do. And you're like, yeah, you feel like you're winning, right? It's a great feeling when you feel like you're winning because you actually, you know, put yourself in a position to get two guys and they fell right to where you want them instead of having pay up and jump. But no problem. If there was guys I really loved, um, I would have traded up and we all got them, you know, but it just wasn't the class I, I, I saw. I see this class as the as a great value because I think there's guys who are different all across the board. And I think, you know, I showed that when I did my draft. Um, you know, you showed it with yours. I'm just going to take value. I'm going to take this value and see what happens because of a lot of ambiguity in, in situations like that. And, and we had fun with it. Like, I'm going to have fun with every draft, whatever, wrong or right. We'll find out. But you know what? I've hidden enough and, and done enough stuff, but always have fun, right? That's it. Always so, get that fun pick. So 100%. Um, so to kick to kick the tray, uh, to kick the my summary off, I ha- started off with one, two. Kick it. Ended up kicking a trade with my buddy Tommy over here. We uh, did a trade. I, I ended up getting two of Justin Fields. In, in, in two picks. So right off the bat, it's a good start. Terrace Marshall, Cora Mora, Gainwell, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, Ian Book, Tommy Tremble, Baron Browning. Nine total players coming in, in, in this draft. And full reset has happened. And I am happy with the way the, the team's rolling out. Um, you know, this is one of the reasons why I enjoy doing this show with you, Tommy, because we get to show both sides of, uh, of building the roster, whether you're building the championship roster or building a new roster, we can still show different points, uh, from different perspectives as to how to, how to either maintain a championship roster or start building your own. Because at some point, I'm coming for that championship, brother. I mean, I mean, I hope so. I mean, I tell us every year. I mean, last year when I lost and people were shocked, I lost. I'm like, I lose too. I can't win every title. And I love what other people win. And I want people to come for me. Right. And and there are, you know, there are two different this way. I mean, there's more than two different sides, right? There's the sides of I've been able to maintain, you know, my contender and championship status for my 15 years because of the fact that I've never tried to sell out like i've never had to sell out and i've been lucky and maybe it's a little skill about you know prospects and gm moves i made and stuff i see um but i mean that's the difference in the draft like even if you're building or you know you're a championship team 
I mean, the only real difference is you try to want to get a starter maybe in the first round, right? That's where the guy trades up for a running back in the first round. If you're a championship team, that's a hole you got to fill. Fine. And like, but the best value and the most hit rates I've had, and to be fair, the biggest busts I've seen were for needs. Like when you over, over, overdraft and you're like, I need this guy. I need this guy. I'm like, okay, just be careful because that bust rate is higher than value. And I get that's hard. That's hard. Dobson. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron Dobson. Oh. I needed a wide receiver, so I needed to have Aaron Dobson. I could rattle off five hundred of these guys, <laughs> you know. And Agreed, one hundred percent. And I was just trying to give everybody else who's listening just that little bit of perspective, because I've already seen the difference between drafting for need and drafting for talent and value. And truth is, uh, over the past couple of years, talent and value, I've already seen better hit rates than the need up front that I thought I needed to have uh, that didn't hit. So, um, you know, Tom, we've been at it for quite some time going over this. I, I will this say this draft. Before, you, before you cut me off, I will say this. If you really need a player, trade up in the top half and go get the guy. I'm not saying that. Definitely trade up and go get the guy. But sitting in a position, sitting there and be like, okay, I'm just going to sit here and not move, and then I'm going to take this position because I needed him. That's the danger, right? That's dangerous, right? Because I think you overlook stuff and, you know, you're worried about the back end. Listen, Dynasty is is great because you don't need – if you're rebuilding, you don't need to have another running back because you're two years out. So why not take a sixth receiver? You can flip him next year if you're right, right? It's value, right? It's value and patience, right? And have fun. Like, have fun sitting there and being right or trade up and be right. Like, you know, do something in the draft that people are like, oh, look at this. I'm like, okay, let's have fun. That's what it's all about, right? You know, it's all about fun and, you know, entertainment and using our psychopath knowledge on weird fantasy perspective of rookies that, you know, we like and. I don't know. He had, Bobby's just letting me like ramble on. Yeah, you know, I, 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 this was one of those times also. where I was actually letting you go because oh. I wanted to see how far you were going to go oh. because it almost sounded like you were trying to get that last bit of the sentence together. And I'm like, oh man, he's almost got it. And then I could just see the wheels starting to fall off. And I go, nope, nope, we're done. All right. I'm not, so, I'm, I'm not losing more than three games next year. And we're out. <laughs>